Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding. And today I'm here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. <laughs> Thank you, Isabella. <laughs> so that's my daughter, Isabella. Thank you so much for the introduction. And if you uh, follow me on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook, we actually, she did a little video. It's so funny, you guys. So she actually just recorded that intro with not without reading anything. She has it totally memorized because she's used to hearing me say it all the time. And I usually have a few bloopers sometimes as well as my tongue gets all tripped up here and there. So really funny. So thank you, Isabella. So you guys got a little cameo appearance from my nine-year-old daughter there, <laughs> who is definitely going to be a future YouTuber or podcaster. Yay! <laughs> all right, guys. Well, she said it all. Um, she is Isabella Rustic, but I am Holly Rustic. And yes, we are here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. That's right, guys. So today I'm super duper excited because we have an amazing free masterclass coming out. So if you're listening to this and it's before 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on May 18th, you definitely want to jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash masterclass to get in on this free grant writing training. However, if you're listening to this after the fact, which you might be, um, definitely still jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com to find out about all of our amazing things coming up. May is awesome. So is June. All right. So in May, I have a sale going on um, on the online grant writing master course and I also am starting my six-week summer uh, 2021 grant writing master course. So it is live for six weeks. So if you love to do it yourself and you're self-directed and and can do through the video, go through the videos and modules and get the templates on your own, the online grant writing master course is definitely for you. And you definitely want to get the discount. It's $200 off and you get a free course before May 24th. So you definitely want to check that out. Um, But if you're looking for a community and you want feedback on your grant writing um, and you want to meet in a group and have uh, mentoring as well, and just to have that whole community and accountability, then the live grant writing master course is definitely for you. I only do this once or twice a year, so it's a lot of fun. Um, And part of what we do is every single week we go live in Zoom. So I do a training there and we We also go over feedback on your master grant application, which you will be developing and I will be giving you feedback. Now for future grants that you apply for, you can pull from this master grant application. It is so amazing. Plus you're gonna get all types of feedback and you're really gonna learn how to write grants in this interactive experience. You also get the online grant writing master course as well as an addition to it. So if you wanna go back in the future for your resources, you also have that, it's included. It's amazing. 
Plus, this year I'm going to do five Facebook Lives as well during our six weeks together, so you get additional training on how to write grants and also can get more questions answered throughout the week with a private Facebook group. So if that sounds like you, hey, I only have 15 slots open. All right, so if you wanna get in on this experience, I already have people emailing me, you guys. So we already have some slots filling up. So you'll definitely wanna um, just go ahead and send me an email, holly at grantwritingandfunding.com, or you can jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 171 for today's show notes, and I'll have some information there. So you'll definitely wanna get in on that. So those are some of the things we have in May um, that are just amazing and totally rocking out. I'm super excited about it. All right, so um, just in lieu of today's masterclass that we have going on, I wanted to share more on grant writing since we're totally in the vibe right now. And next week, we also we have uh, Dr. James Pan coming on the podcast to talk about the evaluation section of a grant and how to write it which is super cool. You guys are going to love it. We actually recorded it with my mentorship. So they got to go behind the scenes and ask some questions. And it was a lot of fun. But yes, yeah, so we'll, that's next week. But today, I wanted to walk through one of the most important things. And I'm definitely going to talk a lot more about this in the masterclass today. Um, but if you can't catch that, definitely you're listening to the right thing today. I wanted to talk about one of the most important things in how to outline your grant. Now, we talk a lot about how to write grants in this podcast. On this podcast, right, we talk a lot of, about a lot of different things in funding and grants, but especially how to write grants. But today, what I wanted to talk about is more about the technique and the formatting of going from blank page to something that you're excited about and has some structure um, and gives you confidence then to go to the grant writing. Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about my first trick in my grants formula, and that's the G, that is get the FOA. And we're all talking about, what's a FOA, Holly? The Funding Opportunity Announcement, or it's sometimes called, um, other times you can also have it called the RFP, which is Request for Proposal. And yes, we love our acronyms as grant writers. Um, but I wanted to talk about how you go from that blank page and that overwhelm of, I don't even know what to start, and all of a sudden I have this FOA, this funding opportunity announcement, or now I've downloaded the request for a proposal, and now I see, okay, there's a lot of words, <laughs> this is a lot of pages, but I have a blank screen. How do I start responding to this, right? So I am gonna give you the magic trick that will also help you score the highest on grants. All right, so what is that magic trick? Well, here we go. Step number one. Step number one is first turn that PDF into a Word doc. And there are plenty of things, um, different apps that you can find to help you do that. If you just go online and you put in Microsoft or a PDF to Microsoft Word, you're gonna have a whole bunch of things come up that are completely free that you can just put the upload the PDF and it will turn it into a Word doc, all right? I don't recommend going through and copying and pasting the whole thing back and forth as that can really change the formatting to be really funky. But you can totally find these online um, apps that can turn PDFs into words. And in the show notes today on grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 171, um, I'll have some links there of ones so you can just find that real quick. Now, why do I recommend this? I recommend this, sorry, I'm moving in my chair and it's a little squeaky. Um, I recommend this because 
it's you want to have access to kind of copy and paste some of the criteria into your Word doc that you're going to use. All right. So you want to have access. And if you just copy and paste it once again from a PDF to a Word, it can be funky and weird and not very friendly. So this is a little bit just easier for you. Okay, we want to take out a lot of the hard work and make it easy for you to write a grant. Okay, so um, this is one of the first things that I like to do. And once I have my Word doc, once I have that RFP or that FOA now turned into a Word doc, now I can really pull from it and work with it a little bit easier, right? So of course you need to read it. Okay, guys, you got to write it. Um, the most important things about reading in the FOA and the RFP are when you look at the priorities of the funding source, what are they going to give to, right? And you guys, the phone RFP, those are more common with federal grants. You might say, I don't have any of that for like a smaller foundation grant that just has an application online. So I'm not really talking of those types of grants. I'm talking more to, you know, the larger foundations um, and if course all to federal grants and even to state grants. All right, guys, so that's kind of what I'm talking about today. But you can apply some of the things that I'm talking about to any grant. So it's really important. All right, so let's go ahead. Now that you have, so that's just kind of like a side note. So now that you have that, let's go to step number two. All right, so you, you have your PDF turned into a Word doc. Yay. And now you're going to start pulling from it. What I want you to really look at when you're reading through this, like I mentioned, it's nice to look and read at the program priority area, what they're wanting to fund, what's eligible, what's ineligible, right? You have to go through those things. Um, but we're going to look at the criteria. So somewhere in that document, they're going to be asking you for things and they are going to be stating things like um, what size font, uh, single space or double space, uh, what size margins, how many pages, how many pages per section even potentially, right? Um, those sort of things. So you do absolutely need to be paying attention to that. So then you're going to get to the point where they're asking you about, you know, here's what we want to look at in the needs section. We want to see current stats. We want to see, um, you know, what is the need that's clearly stated. Um, they're going to ask you certain questions for each section. And at this point in time in that FOA RFP, it might even have points per section. Um, so this is really where I want you to beeline in, right? I want you to totally beeline in to this area because what you're going to do is when they're asking you, and sometimes it's the criteria in the very back, that's where you really want to get to. So if they do have that scoring criteria in the back, usually it is, or somewhere in the middle. And it's your scene where they're, they're saying, we want to see this in the research section. We want to see certain things and we want to see a goal. We want to see something about it, an objective, right? Those part of things, and usually they have different um, sections when they have scoring criteria. So they'd have like the needs section, that's 20 points. And they might have like um, 10 questions or five sub questions underneath that area. And then the next section is going to be about goals and objectives. And they're going to ask you probably 10 different questions underneath goals and objectives. And that might be worth 25 points, right? And then you have like the, the, the design of the project. And they're going to be asking you maybe 20 questions in that area. And that might be worth 35 points. And then you're going to have the budget area. And they're going to ask you certain questions under that. And it's going to be worth a certain number of points, right? 
So, and all of that adds up to 100 points. And of course, maybe they have bonus points sometimes even. Yes, they have bonus points and um, many different um, federal grants um, that you can get. So you really want to take all of that main criteria. So they always have like little headers there. I want you to take those headers, copy that whole section. They're asking you all the questions, right? And the scoring criteria where it says how many points, et cetera. Copy and paste that into another Word doc, all right? And that new Word doc that you've just copied and pasted, that one section is now your starting point, all right? That is your starting point. So let's go to the next step, all right? Now that you have all of this, you new Word doc, right? That you is your starting point. Now I actually want you to turn those into proper headers. So what I'm talking about is where you actually go into a Word doc and you turn, you copy, or you um, you highlight those uh, one section and you say like heading one. And then all of those questions that they had under each section, I want you to turn those into heading two. All right, so header two. So you have header one, header two. So maybe the research or the needs section, you, that would be header one and all of those questions about recent stats, blah, blah, blah. Those would all be header two. And then the next section that talked to, asked about goals and objectives, that would be another header one. And all of the sub questions underneath would be header two. All right, so just do that. Ah, all right. <laughs> and I like to do this and I like to do it manually in a Word doc so it's really clear, okay? Um, and we're gonna get to why in one of our further steps. But now you have something to start with, but you're like, okay, here's one of the questions you're gonna ask me. You're gonna say, but Holly, first remember back a few minutes when you said you have to read what the formatting needs to be and they just said they wanted all 12 point Times New Roman font or whatever. And now when I turn these headers into actually like header one, it makes it like an aerial font and it's like 16 point and header two is like another, another font and it's another, it's bigger than 12 point. What do I do? You can then copy all of that or, or, sorry, not copy it. You can actually highlight it all and you can change the size and the font of the headers while still keeping them those headers. Why is that important? We're gonna get there, all right? But that is a quick fix where you can still keep the header ability, <laughs> right? But it looks different. And you know, um, and then people also ask, well, it turns it blue. Should I turn it black? You can keep it blue. I mean, really, you know, that doesn't matter, right? Um, keeping it blue and then maybe even bolding it can kind of make it stand out a little bit more. So you can actually do that. And that just kind of breaks up the space a little bit for reviewers. Now you're still asking me, what the heck? Why are we going through all this formatting? Well, it's important. Okay, so let's go to our next step. Now that you have this done on your Word doc and it's all beautiful, now you know exactly what you're supposed to write to. And of course you can change up the wording a little bit. Like if it's like, if they have parentheses that say, um, please put this here or whatever they're having, like, you know, you don't wanna keep all that, but you wanna keep the main gist of what they're asking for in that scoring criteria. Because now you have a layout of exactly how you need to respond. Now, what the beauty and magic of this is, is not only are you not starting with a blank page, but you have exactly what you need to respond to on this page now. You actually have a format. And the other beauty to this is that it's a specific 
format now that you can answer that the grant funders want answered. I cannot stress this enough, you guys, all right? So why is this so important? Why can't I just like, you know, use the last grant I write and like copy and paste it and then send it off to this funder? Because they're not gonna be asking the exact same questions, all right? So if you go to the scoring criteria and you take that and then you directly respond to that instead of pulling some old grant or just like trying to write from scratch and then writing these long flowery narratives, it's not going to it's not going to relate. All right, you guys, if you do what I just told you to do, you are going to stand out. It doesn't matter um, you know, I know someone recently they said, "Oh, how do I make my grant stand out like if I can't put pictures and like a million charts and like make it fancy?" And I'm like, "That's not the way. Well, you that as a way to stand out. That's a way to stand out really poorly um if you do all that, right? I mean, charts are good. I love charts and all that. I like pictures sometimes, but most of the time the way you stand out well is to actually respond to the criteria and write to the grant and put headers in so it divides everything and it kind of breaks up the space, right? Now, why is this also important? Because for those of you who have been grant reviewers, you know that all you really get handed is the criteria and they say, you gotta score based on these two pages. <laughs> You're like, okay. And so all those things that you just copied and pasted for your formatting that you're not responding to are what I have to, as a reviewer, have to uh, actually score on. So think about it. If I asked for the needs section and I want uh, stats within the last 10 years that directly relate to um, the youth youth areas, right? Um, and I also need, you know, maybe they had one of those subpoints in their questions about uh, the number of youth served in um, recovery centers over the last three years. And you had that copied and pasted right in here. And you said the youth served over the last three years, and then you filled in the blanks. All of a sudden, I looked at the scoring criteria, and I found it really easily and even outlined in your grant application with the information I'm looking for, of course, you would put what the <laughs> those populations are, right? Um, you would answer that criteria, right? I'm going to score you so much higher than somebody who just starts writing flowery things about how bad, you know, the youth uh, drug problem is in their, their city, and they're not really telling me the three last three years, or they did say that, but I can't find it because I don't see any headers, and it's just buried in pages and pages and pages of text, and maybe somewhere near the end, where this is the first question that I have in my scoring criteria, so I might not catch it way at the end. So you can see how important this is for a number of reasons, all right? So I hope that, I know today it's pretty short, but I just really wanted you guys to understand how simple grant writing can start from, right? Sometimes we think, oh my gosh, I have to do so many things. I have to read all of this, and then I have to start at this blank page. I have no idea, and maybe, you, you know, 10 hours or 50 hours into writing the grant, you finally kind of get some rhythm where you can start where that's already laid out. You already have the music sheet in front of you, right? So I want you to start from there. I want you to make your life easier. And I want you to stand out in a good way for those grant reviewers who are so tired. <laughs> 
morning, they've got like 15 grant applications thrown on their desk and they have 10 days to respond and they already have full-time jobs and they are trying to respond and they have to score all this. And when they see your grant, I want it to feel like a breath of fresh air and them just to score you so high. And I want to take that stress off of you so you know where to start. All right, so that is a simple way. I gave you different steps on how you can simply work through this. Um, so please do check out grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 171 for today's show notes. And I hope you enjoyed this. It's a little bit different, but it's just giving you some simple techniques. Um, but once again, so the final thing that you can do is... Um, Almost forgot to leave this out. I don't want to leave this part out, you guys. The final thing and what I had talked about, why those headers and even if you change the fonts and everything, why they're still important to have the integrity of a header is at the end, after you're done, I always like to do this last. I guess you could do it before then, but definitely refresh it at the end just to make sure. Um, at the end, what you can do is on your first page, you can do um, a table of contents. And if you don't know how to do that, it's super easy. All you have to do is go to your references um, menu on the menu, the references tab. And when you push that, it's going to show the ruler at the top, right? Or with the, the little um, menu bar at the top. And you're going to say table of contents. And all you have to do is click on that and then put insert table of contents. Um, and it's really nice to have that if you have space um, because all of a sudden it's going to put a little table of contents and you don't need to even have the table of contents if you're worried about adding pages, right, as its own page. Like it doesn't have to be. It could just take up like a little like eighth of the page on the very top. But then it shows that there's some rhythm to that. Um, it shows that there's an outlay to the grant application. So if you do have room, you can keep that table of contents. And that's just a little added bonus for you too, right? So it's, it's a really nice thing for you to have in your grant application. If you can include a cover page, um, then you can include the table of contents on the cover page. And that's just a really nice thing to have as well. Um, it looks really professional. It looks, you know, it's just, it already sets the stage that this, there's going to be a format to this, that you're a professional. Um, and it, it just really, it does set a nice stage. So that's another little secret sauce that you can use by actually making, instead of just bolding, um, the different sections, if you actually make them real life headers, you can utilize this because you can put in a table of contents. And even for the table of contents, um, if you're like, oh, I don't want it to take up a lot of space, you can change the font on that as well. And you can make it Time New Romans 12 point single space um, as well. So it doesn't take up a lot of space, but it still has the integrity of showing that there's going to be a layout and you can include that. So that's just a little added bonus for y'all today um, that does up level your grant application if you do have the space for it. And it does already set the stage that you are gonna have some kind of format. And it's just gonna give the reviewers a little sense of, ooh, as they see, it's gonna pique their interest and make you stand out. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Um, as always, definitely jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com for all of our uh, resources that we have. We have a bunch of free resources, a bunch of our, all of our podcasts are hosted there. And we have information about all of our promos. So if you're interested, like I said, this summer, woohoo, starting June 1st, the six-week live grant writing master course, you want to be a part of one of the 15 people participating in that, uh, definitely send me an email, holly at grantwritingandfunding.com. All right, guys, I will see you next week with Dr. James Pan.